Today, we're going to go over ways in which people are biased towards things they perceive as attractive. In this episode, we're bringing sexy back, baby. Nice. <laughs> Welcome to Psych Papers, this podcast of bad content where we normally discuss controversial and intriguing psych studies and concepts. If you're a regular or checking us out for the first time, just know that usually my co-host, Chris Cole, PhD in psychology, is usually the one in the driver's seat. Say hi, Chris. Hello. And I'm just his friend, Joseph Taharan. And normally I'm the one doing the reacting. However, today we're switching things up a bit in what I would like to call a reverse psych papers. Psych! Freaky Friday. It's me. Um, where I'm going to go over some concepts in human-computer interaction, or ACI. And if you're not familiar with HCI, HCI is a field of study that's basically uh, in the intersection of computer science, design, psychology, and a bunch of other fields. So Yeah, H H HCI, I've learned, is definitely like a new field. Like when I tell sure. anybody about that, they're like, what is that? What? Like, human-computer interaction. And then I'm like, and then they're always like, that doesn't help. <laughs> what is <laughs> he that? Describing, that's even more, like, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's, it's even less descriptive when you actually spell it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a study of like, you know, people on the inter interact with computer interfaces, basically, or technology interfaces. What are, what are kind of jobs do people with HCI degrees get? So um, they usually work in tech. Um, they will usually work, um, you know, for for like places like Lyft, they'll do the interfaces for Lyft, the UX and UI for Lyft, Uber, all these tech places. Um, so yeah, if you're ever wondering, if you look at the, your phone, you're like, man, this design sucks. A designer did that, but a product manager ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we could do Rock a whole roll. episode on PMs. <laughs> That's gonna Rock be <laughs> yeah, just the psychology of product managers. Yeah. Um, first of all, they're yeah. fucking lazy as shit. Um, second of all, they don't know shit about the product. <laughs> first of all, if you wanted that research, you should have brought that up when I proposed the research study. <laughs> Why are you ignoring Bringing all that my up notes. now after I've already collected all the data? Okay. <laughs> oh, we should have considered this. Like we did. We did get yeah. it. You completely yep. ignored it. You signed Wait. off on this anyway. Three months ago. <laughs> so, in addition to being Chris's friend, I have a master's in HCI. Um, and, and I'm also a designer for tech products in my day job. So, expecting to be a little different this time around. So, um, I want to start this episode by saying, in addition to fuck product managers, fuck developers. Um, the other day, I had a developer tell me that all we do is make things pretty. Now, this was a heated conversation. It mm. didn't even involve me. Um, but him saying that phrase really set me off. It pissed me off. So I've decided that I'm going to make the topic of today's episode, making things pretty. <laughs> More specifically, the aesthetic usability effect. So, Ooh, okay. So uh, what do you know about the aesthetic usability effect, Chris? Or what can you infer I've from I've never that? heard of that. Okay. I've never heard of that. I'm guessing prettier things are seen more usable. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's a great guess because that's, that's exactly that's... what that is. <laughs> okay. That's cool. the episode. Cool. The aesthetic usability effect is a phenomenon where people perceive more aesthetic designs as easier to use than less aesthetic designs. So if an interface um, is nicer to look at, then there's a higher probability you're going to use it, even if a less aesthetic choice is probably more functional or works better. So okay. I think a good example of this, maybe I've, I've, we've talked about this offline, is like if you go to a restaurant's website, 
if you go to the website and you notice that it hasn't been updated, like it still has the same WordPress template since the early 2000s, you know, there's there might be a slight hesitation. Um, you might not know if this restaurant is so active. Um, you know, you don't know if it's going to be, there's a perception that maybe you don't think is good because aesthetic is important, right? Well, like, why do you, why do you think beer can design is so good? Yeah. Like you can't, you can't taste test it when you're at a store. So the, you're only going off the vibes that it's supposed to elicit when you're there. Um, yeah. Beer can vibes. Yeah. Beer can vibes. Um, so yeah, first impressions are everything. Like in a study by yeah. Solomon E. Ask. The researcher found that early impressions influence long-term attitudes about their quality and use. So people are more likely to be more forgiving if the designs elicit a positive relationship at the onset. So this means, like, if you if you think it's pretty, you're probably gonna be more forgiving towards it. Um, what's interesting is outside of just design in general, like, there's another bias called the attractiveness bias, where attractive people are generally perceived more positively than unattractive people. Yeah, that, that makes me think of this concept in psychology called the halo effect, mm -hmm. where we'll take one attribute about somebody and generalize to other attributes. Mm. So the way I understand it with attractiveness is that if somebody is very attractive, you'll probably also view them as intelligent. You'll probably also view them as athletic. You'll probably also view them as a nice person. All of these other positive attributes get wrapped up under this halo just because just because they were attractive and, and this mm -hmm. applies to like other stuff too like if somebody's an expert in psychology like you might also assume that they're an expert in other fields even though that's yeah. you know that's not, not the case yeah you could be highly spent phds are only indicative of your knowledge of one domain really yep um yeah and yeah um yeah so i think the i think the point we're trying to make is like it's pretty you're, you're more likely to like it. You're most likely to forgive it. And you're more likely to be biased towards it. So now that we mm -hmm. established what this effect is, I want to go over specific examples of how this plays out in design. So there's another concept I wanted to talk about, and it's called Occam's Razor. So attributed to William of Occam, a 14th century English philosopher and theologian, Occam's Razor is a philosophy that promotes solving a problem with the smallest set of elements. So as it relates to design, it, re it asserts simple over complex designs. More specifically, the more unnecessary elements exist in a design, it decreases the design's efficiency and may create more problems. So this doesn't mean like delete as much as possible, but be intentional about all the relevant functional elements in the design. Okay, so I'm gonna demonstrate an example of Occam's razor in effect. Um, so I'm gonna show a couple examples of search engines. Um, Gonna start with here with Google. Um, so Chris, if you and we're all maybe all familiar with the Google search engine like default homepage, but like you know, what what like if you had to perform an action, what is the first thing you'll probably do? Um, seeing uh, this page I specifically, probably, I would probably click into that search bar. Yeah, because it's the most prominent thing. There's a lot of like negative space between that middle part and the other interactive elements in the like that's sort of in the corners and at the bottom, right? And so that's an intentional choice. Your attention is sort of directed towards that center part. So if I were to go and show you Bing, what do you see now? Oh, I see a lot. There's a background photo of like a landscape. There's like icons in the bottom for like news articles. 
there's like way more places to click. Yeah. So I want to I want to make it very clear. This is not necessarily like bad design, but this is definitely more elements on the page means your direction is probably diverted to different places. In fact, you can argue the background's a little like distracting as a as a yeah. contrast to the elements in the foreground. Yeah. And then finally, I'm going to show you Yahoo's homepage. Oh man. This just looks like the homepage of like a like a news publication. Yeah. Like it doesn't even resemble a search engine. No. Yeah. So Yahoo's making deliver a choice here, right, to make it basically Literally, it uses the same, uh, I think, the design principle that I think Amazon does, that it puts a lot up in front of you. And some of it has more equals like sizing than others. And your attention sort of diverted in whichever direction, whatever captures your attention first. If you want it to just be a search engine, you probably want to be Google, right? But if you wanted to do fucking everything on the internet, <laughs> I guess you could be Yahoo in this case. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like Yahoo wants to be your like homepage for mm -hmm. your news feed, for your news, for weather, for what like sports games are going on, trending now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I want to make it very clear. It's not necessarily bad design, it's just different intentions are clear, right? But yeah. when you add more things to the screen, if your intention is just to have it be a search engine, the Yahoo page would dilute it, right? But I, I'm guessing the people who probably made this page they don't want to just be searching. You you have a bunch right. of other things that they want you to do. I'm guessing the they're thinking, okay, you know, Google probably dominates the search engine space. So, so we'll how give can up. we differentiate ourselves? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we need to provide something else. Yeah, some other value probably. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That I I would buy that. Yeah. So using sort of this philosophy, there is a design concept called signal to noise ratio. And so similarly, um, the signal to noise ratio is basically the ratio of relevant to irrelevant information in a display. So the signal is the form information takes. So this could be like a paragraph or text or even a bar graph, right? This is just information distilled into like, a, like an artifact. Noise is the extraneous information that's added to it. The goal here is to maximize the signal and the maximized signal and minimize noise, producing a high signal to noise ratio. So what's like, what's like an example of noise? Well, let me show you. So what I want to show you. So this is oh, a, wow. um, this is a case study I've done a while back, but this is during the pandemic time. Um, back when Chris and I used to live in Illinois, but this is the Illinois of Department of Employment Security website. And so during the pandemic, as you can recall, a lot of people were like getting real fucked up because <laughs> unemployment was through the roof. But mm -hmm. like like any other government website you may be familiar with that has been updated in a long time. It's um, terrible. It's, it's pretty bad because it's, it's not so much like the aesthetic, but it's more about the density of information that's provided here, right? Would you say? Yeah, there's a ton of text. Yeah, yeah. So if I just got unemployed because of covid um they do like i guess and i'll show this on the screen like you do kind of see the big text in the front but if there was other things that i wanted to perform then just in general was unemployed or whatever like looking for that inform you're gonna have to search for that information right it's not readily available to you there's gonna be a little bit of like it's like you have a messy room right and you're like oh fuck where'd i put my 
where do I put my guitar? And you're trying to like search through your room to look find like, or even something mm-hmm. smaller, like a game or a yeah. book. Um, that's, that's what it feels like when I'm on this website, right? So I only bring this up to say, there's a, it, in, in my job, I'm always interfacing with people who are not necessary designers. And in my work, I'm always running to the suggestion, to the temptation from others of filling up negative space. So if you look, if you look on this website right here, that negative space is what, Chris? It's probably on the second screen on your right, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like a, there's like a tension or there's, there's like people don't know what to do with that space or if they should be filling it, right? But if I were to fill that space with even more stuff, then that would just like increase the signal to noise ratio. It would even be even more noisy, right? If I were to fill up that space, even if it, so I'm going to illustrate an example here of something I've designed somewhere. This is, so this is called Voma. This was a volunteer application I did uh, for my good friends at Cofer Chicago. We spent many years working on this actually. So this was actually one of the final screens that we designed. And what you see right here is basically um, a project page, I want to say. On the left-hand side, a side menu, a top menu, and then the middle of that, um, would you say like radio buttons, right? That you can select. Basically, um, there's a section, and there's like there's a navig there's a sub navigation overview, recruitment, project info, right? Um, mm-hmm. And the and then there's space, right, between um, you know in between the the questionnaire and the menu on the left, right, in the edge of the screen on the right. Would you say right? Yeah, yeah. So if I were to fill up this negative space, there's a couple ways you can do this, right? So if if I was working with a client, they're like, oh, there's a lot of negative space. Like, we should be using that for something. Like, I could fill up the screen, right? So I basically stretch that middle part to the edges. So that way you don't have Mm -hmm. that space anymore. But the trade-off of that is, um, like, let's say if you have um, content or things you have to read in the middle. So here I have this lorem ipsum text. Most people can only read, and there's like conflicting studies about us too, so I don't want to put a specific number, but 60 to 100 characters per line, probably the most optimal reading length. This is probably more than that, right? So it gets a little harder to read. Um, And it does look a little noisier, right? Even though it's like the same thing, just stretched a little bit more. Yeah, Um, yeah. So if I wanted to still do what I did in the first one and keep the same size, I could fill it in with another column of it, um, and this is not too bad as a comparison if I were to fill up the space, but something you also have to consider is accessibility. Like if I'm tabbing through stuff, I have to make sure like you want to, like it's going to go left, right, left, right. Right. And, and you want to think things go to the sequence. So that's why it was intentional to make things up to down. So even though the first design probably had a longer screen, um, it's, it's probably easier to fill out because you, you, in the first design, you probably can do one question at a time where this you probably see many questions at a time right yeah there's a more like logical flow to it like oh i should start here mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and we run into that issue all the time people wanting to fill negative space people saying people pages are too long um but like it's not so much the issue is like a page is too long because if if you've ever been on instagram or on twitter or facebook that those pages never end baby they go on forever <laughs> and ever oh yeah right going up the down so mm-hmm. it's more about searching for information that you need that's the issue right so if you go back to that illinois website like how can you find something that you need that's readily available right in front yeah. of right in front of to like read everything to look for what you need right versus yeah. if you isolated things like we intentionally did on this design not saying it's the best design in the world but you know 
I would argue otherwise. But anyway, I'll fight anyone. I'll fight you for. It. I'll fight you to death if you if you said this isn't good. Um, you know, at the very least, from a functional perspective, you the task is very clear. The sequence is up to down, right? It's not. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, there's not a lot of confusion in that. Um, cool. Any other thoughts about this? Yeah, two thoughts. That reminds me of if you ever go to. If you're ever checking out like the new iPhone and you go to mm -hmm. Apple's website to check out the new iPhone, the way that they present the information is it'll just be one entire page mm -hmm. of just like yep. iPhone 14 Pro Max. And then as you scroll down, it changes like what you see on the screen and it just presents with you. So you scroll down, then it changes, and then it shows you, oh, this is like the camera. You scroll down, this is the battery. Scroll down, this is the processor like one piece of information at a time it's, and it's, like and it's really, usually it's really well done yeah yeah it, it, it was really well done like it's usually large text but it provides you yeah. like the information that you need per section like yep and it's very engaging and it doesn't go from the left end of the screen to the right end of the screen they keep it kind of tight in the middle yeah so that it's easy to read and it's it is a long page but like i i've, I've done because i've gone to the webs i've gone to the apple's website many times every time they have a new campaign where it's the iphone or a new MacBook, they'll always refresh that and have a similar yeah. sequence, I think, but they stick to the same sort of design principle. Um, and it's yeah. really engaging. And then um, my other thought was, I know um, I know at Google, obviously, when you, when you search for something and you get those results, like the first page, all of that real estate is like so valuable, right? Because mm -hmm. very rarely does anybody go to like page two or let alone three, four, five, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so the first couple of links are super like high value real estate, right? Mm -hmm. And I was always boggled that they they always take the time to have you ever like Googled something and then at the top you see this little like we found like 1.1 billion results in like 0.2 seconds. I think it's just for like fun facts, but I'm like, man, they're taking up like like 10, 12 like pixels of space right at the top just yeah. to put that. And yeah. then I know depending on other searches, if you're doing like a location-based search. It'll show you, you know, oh, like we think you're in like New York. Do you want to like change the area? And I know there have been like efforts to try to minimize that space because again, it's at the top. It's using a lot of real estate. Like they're very mm -hmm. frugal with that real estate right at the top of the page. Mm -hmm. uh, so I know, I know people have tried to make efforts into like, oh, well, if we make this font, you know, like one size smaller, we can save like three pixels. Mm-hmm. And then I see the final design and I'm like, why do you have to make the font smaller? Just just push everything closer together. Mm -hmm. But they they maintain, they like they protect that negative space. Yeah. Because yeah. It, it it draws more attention to it and whatnot. I was like, and then I realized I was like, oh yeah, like that negative space is like that's untouchable. You can make yeah. all the content smaller or bigger or whatever you want, but the negative space in between certain things it has to be there. Yeah, it creates groups, right? It's like that's the yeah. it's a just all principle, the proximity. Like everything's grouped together and in clustered in a way with space in between. You're like, oh, that's a that that's one group and that's another group, right? Yep. Uh, easy to chunk yep. out information. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if um, it's all smashed together, like I'll probably just gloss over it. Yeah. Yeah. Or it blends in together, right? That's also yeah. something I run into a lot, especially when you work from in business to business applications, like for products that no one, no regular person is going to use. Like I've, I made it this, I make designs for like trucking companies, for example, that the truckers and the people that work at the administration office use. 
And they, there's always a temptation to want to see everything on a screen all at once. And inherently, that's not bad, but that's, that's you know, that also runs in conflict with the signal to noise ratio of me trying to like, well, what do you need to see? And like everything, like there's no possible way you're going to be able to want to see everything. So you have to specify yeah. like what exactly are you trying to see at a certain time so I can shift yeah. your attention and focus. In, in conclusion, I want to like return back to that phrase, designers make things pretty. So in that situation, when I heard the developer said that the following day, I was still kind of irked about it. So I confronted him about that phrase. I was like, hey, buddy, uh, what are you, uh, what was that about? And it ended up, we ended up hashing it out and it ended up not being a big, big deal anyway. And given the context of the situation, he expanded and we sort of just settled it. But in, the, in general, that sentiment is something we get from non-designers like all the time. That um, and I think researchers probably get that too. It's like a reduction, like oh, anyone can probably do that, <laughs> do that skills. Like yeah. to a certain extent, that's true. Like if you learn the set of skills that I have, like I would endow you could probably. And in and, and design in general, design is basically a bunch of patterns, right? That we sort of pick up over time. We see design in everything that we do, whether that's on the screen or in billboards or everywhere, right? And if you know, at one point, someone you made something that probably had, in Photoshop that could be considered a design, right? Um, but design is just like based on human psychology and identifying those patterns in a certain extent, we are designers, right? So, but hopefully in this episode, I, ho I hope I made it clear, like design isn't random. It could be in, it should be intentional in the way that you're leveraging it. Like, yeah, it's pretty, um, but it is the behaviors we understand that make it look pretty. It's not just just because it happens. Yeah, so, um, so it sounds like, what your coworker said really didn't get under your skin at all. And you were like totally fine with it. <laughs> you were just like, I'm gonna just do a whole fucking episode about you now, bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's fine though. Yeah. yeah. TLDR, fuck you. The one point I wanted to make so aesthetic is a huge component of what we do, but how we get there is based on research and understanding how people process information, right? Mm -hmm. So. I think one of my takeaways is just the importance of negative space uh, and people don't think about that. And, and also, I think also when, when people are working on their own design, when, when you have a product, let's say you're one of those uh, Illinois Department of uh, Employment yeah. Services, let's say you're one of those employees working on that site, you've seen that homepage so much. Mm. So you, you can much more easily visualize the different chunks in the categories of information yep. in your head. Yep. yep. You don't know what it's like for someone new to it for the first you know, time. visit your website. Yeah. But when you see it, you're like, oh yeah, well this is this is where you apply for unemployment. This is where you get more information. This is where you find like the addresses. And it's so easy for you. So it's very easy to think like, oh yeah, like let's just add on more information because I already have a mental model in my head of this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's to me it's very easy to interpret. Um it, it's hard to put yourself in the eyes of someone that's never seen it before. Yeah. That's why UX yeah. research is so important. <laughs> and in the end, Chris, this whole episode is me trying to make design important, but Chris found a way to, to, to segue research. Hey, don't forget about research too. <laughs> We're also important part of the team. Hey. Hey, yeah, designers make it pretty, but researchers tell you what pretty is. <laughs> you know that research Joseph said? Designers aren't doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Or right, fuck product managers. Thanks, everyone, for sticking around.
We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye.